Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Hello. I have three questions for you. When you're talking NBA with your white co-workers, do you say that Dallas Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA to position yourself as non-threatening in the office? And when black people think that you talk like a white person, do you reply, hey, hey, you would too if you graduated from an HBCU. Are you Rachel Dozer? If you do or are any one of these three, then you are suffering from the contribution of white privilege. Hi, my name is Nassour Nuru, and if you are looking to go from Wayne Newton to Wayne Brady, please give us a call at 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMES. That's 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMES. Give us a call now before you turn into TV. Everybody on they Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird in 40 on the Yeah, I'm acting nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. This house is so full of people, it makes me sick. When I grow up and get married, I'm living alone. Did you hear me? Wait, hold on. Is that how it works? Do you get married so you can live alone? Hmm. That's interesting. Alongside the informative and owner of a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, Hanif Sowell, I am the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived, Nassua Nuru, and we are the Late Night Flight. Yo. Yo, what's going on? What's up with you? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, this is my first Christmas where, you know I mean? I'm living, living by myself. I got my little Charlie Brown Christmas tree to, to, to represent my feelings on the matter. Um, my, my daughter and her mother went on vacation. They are in the sunny state of Florida right now. Wait, hold now. on one second. I want to I wanna do something for you just for saying that. <laughs> All right, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so they about to be in Disney World, you know what I mean? But I'm here. You know what I mean? My place is, you know, uh, festive. I got my little decorations on the wall. I got my Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I've been listening to uh, Christmas carols on my title app and drinking hot chocolate. So I'm trying to get myself riled up to go and get in the spirit. Uh, on Christmas Day, I'll probably, you know, shoot up uh, to Jersey to visit with my mom so that I'm not totally alone in the house by myself. But uh, this, this Christmas by yourself thing ain't what's happening. You don't really like it? It's, I mean, I've been alone for Christmas for about six, seven years. This is, it's really like a normal day. I mean, you get to wake up, you get to work out, you get to call all your friends and family, tell them Merry Christmas. You know, if you Amazon them a gift or, you know, mail them a gift, you know, make sure that they saw it. You can even Zoom them now and be like, yeah, girl, open that. Yeah, open that up. Yeah, yeah, open that up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, I'm talking about gifts. Anyway, listen, so the point I'm making is, it's a great day to be alone on Christmas. It's a holiday anyway. Everybody's with their family and being fake with their family. You get to watch five NBA games. God, it's the best. And then, and then, you know, if it wasn't COVID, you know, you get to go out that night. You know, there's always a Christmas party going on. And then, you know, well, when I was younger, like in the 20s, 
you know, you get to see all the women that, you know, come home from college or, you know, some women graduated college, like let's, let's say like in Virginia or California, but they stay there though. They don't want to come back to Jersey, but they come, you know, for Christmas. Cause you know, they still creep with some of the men that they used to know in Jersey, you know how that go. But anyway, great day to be alone. Don't act like that, honey. This is all right, man. Don't be like that. Well, thank you for my orientation into my first bachelor Christmas. Um, I'm going to make the most of it. Thanks. And now we have Hanif Sowell, the senior correspondent of the Light Skin Delegation. Wait, what the f is that? Light Skin Delegation? We, the Light Skin Delegation slash coalition slash network, would like to ask all of our prayer warriors to offer intercessory prayer for our dear brother Drake, whose masters have been sold for 30 pieces of silver. Lil Wayne of the Dark Skin Delegation sold our dear brother's entire catalog. Drizzy is a dues-paying member of the delegation, so any financial matters of his directly affects us. We have our legal team looking into the matter for any recourse we might take for this egregious act. Nicki Minaj was also affected, but she has not declared herself light-skinned, so we will not interfere on her behalf. We did, however, ask our sister Lauren London to take steps to increase Wayne's child support payments as penalty to reclaim some of the monies he's earned from the sale. Chris Brown is also on standby in case we need to take it to the streets. No further questions at this time. Push us through crowd. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. Who's the Grinch that stole Christmas? Little Wayne? Or Kobe Bryant's mother-in-law. Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas. The whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Little Wayne looks like the Grinch who stole Christmas. Um, so in, in the news, uh, there's rumors or alleged allegations that Little Wayne, uh, in his deal with Universal and selling his masters for $100 million, uh, may have also sold Drake and Nicki Minaj's masters along with that, all the Young Money catalog. And I feel like that's crazy, right? Because if he did that, he, he undervalued it by a whole lot of money. Because when I was looking it up, right, Drake, Drake sold 260 million records worldwide. Little Wayne sold 120 record, million records worldwide. And Nicki Minaj sold 100 million records worldwide. So in that deal, Drake would be the biggest draw. And I'm sure that Drake could probably get way more than, you know, $100 million for his own catalog by itself. So if Lil Wayne did that, he, he did some bullshit. And I feel like, you know, they should have at least had that conversation. He could go to Nicki Minaj. Mm -hmm. He could go to Drake. And he can, he can negotiate with them like, listen, I'll sell you your master's. Because right now, if you think about it, I mean, Tiger and PJ Morton, all of them, like they're a moot point. Like he right. can probably buy them out for a couple dollars. Absolutely. But 
Drake and Nicki Minaj, he can probably raise, you know, a hundred million between the two of them for their own respective masters. Hell That'll yeah. be worth that much to, to each of them. And then he can package his own and sell it and get the other half or maybe even more. I think Lil Wayne could garner a hundred million for just his Honestly, yo, this is my personal feeling. And I just want to make sure I got the right words in and that we can move on, whatever the case may be. But realistically, as an artist, like that would make me want to fight you only because of this. Yo, now you're basically telling Drake and Nikki, you got to go talk to you got to talk to Universal to go get your masters. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about you the way that little Wayne sort of did in that time when y'all was young money and y'all was basically the, the holy trinity of rap for a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's like me and you, we doing this together. And then all of a sudden, I want to sell the late night flight. But I don't even tell you though. Like, don't get me wrong. I can be like the CEO of it, fine, whatever. But still, I don't even tell you. And then on top of that, I'm not even trying to work something out with you where we feel whole together as a team. Or like that's that's some rude that's why i'm like like for a guy that got so mad at baby for holding out his money the fact that you would do that to somebody else yeah mind-blowing so i guess oh and, and for america that's listening to this great podcast that we do called the late night flight obviously um you know kobe bryant's mother-in-law does not pale in comparison to little wayne right now as far as who's the grinch okay we don't even we don't even really know the real story about her like that all right listen She's grinchy, right? <laughs> she's really grinchy. Like, like, like I'm looking at it and she's, she's saying she's charging $96 an hour for 12 hours a day for 18 years. And that's what she's suing her daughter, daughter for, right? So Wait, so she never got that money? I'm just asking questions. So she never she got that money? She didn't get any money. Kobe, according to Vanessa, uh-huh. her and Kobe decided like, yo, they didn't want her mother to live with her, with them, Right. They bought, they, they pay for her to live in a, a private community. So they pay all of her expenses or they right. were paying all, all of her expenses. Even, you know, after Kobe passed away, um, you know, as late as even after the lawsuit, Vanessa is saying that she was shopping for a house for her mother. And she was like, look, I'm going to take care of you, but I'm not giving you this large lump sum of money that you're requesting. Right now, Vanessa is saying that, yo, I was a stay-at-home mom until my daughters were old enough and then they went into sports and that's where all of their time went. And Kobe was like this helicopter dad. Once Kobe retired, he was the one that was taking the kids to sports and doing all of that. She was like, the mom would come and like babysit now and again like a, a normal grandmother would, but she never spent that much time with the kids to say that she worked in that house or worked as their personal assistant for 18 years. That's a flat out lie, according to Vanessa. Okay, I already know what's going on. I know exactly what's happening. So basically, she's mad because for X amount of years, Kobe and Vanessa basically did some uh, magic Bishop Don Juan and never put money in this woman's hand. And just pay, but but they just gave her a life. So so this woman feels slighted because she like, well, I can't really use my money to buy anything because y'all don't give me no money. But and they like, well, we give you a house, we give you a life, we give you everything. But but right. but money, we're not giving you money, no. <laughs> but Pete, like Kobe Bryant, did the same to his own parents. You know what I'm saying? And and so that if that was his mo for his own parents, and he's clearly the breadwinner in that situation. 
then what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But, you know, if you remember, Kobe was estranged from his parents for the same type of reason, where first his dad and mom didn't like the fact that Vanessa wasn't black. So they was beefing because of that. Right. But Kobe's still taking care of stuff. But then Kobe like, yo, I'm gonna buy you a house. I'm gonna set you up the same sort of thing. And they like, nah, we want money. We want money. So then they try to sell his memorabilia. And he had to sue in order to stop them from selling like his old high school jerseys and sneakers and trophies. And, and that caused a strain between him and, his, him and his own parents. And now, now that he's gone, the same thing is happening with Vanessa's mom. Welcome to the Late Night Cafe with your poet, the pilot of the Tuskegee training, the Nile River of Newark, New Jersey, and the greatest Henny Badger who ever lived, Nasur Nauru. Bucket, y'all be here, bucket. Jingle bell, pop that tail, rob my d- like I got no bell. Jingle bell, pop that tail, girl, rob my d- like I got no bell. Jingle bell, pop that tail, rob my d- like I got no bell. Jingle bell, pop that tail, girl, rob my d- like I got no bell. Buy you that plate steak sauce and snail. Buy you that dress fold locks and nails. Jingle bell, pop that tail, rob my d- like I got no bell. Buy you that plate steak sauce and snail. Buy you that dress fold locks and nails. Buy you that perfume box now smell. Don't put your hand out, you are not Odell. Girl, what you doing? Calling me friend when you're smoking on my Buddha. Telling me your pain, how you open for a loser when I'm over here looking like I open for a looter. I don't understand. Best dress starter in New York. Best sex brother, let's do it. F- that rubber, let's do it. F- thumb covers, let's do it. Throw that butter black music. Hmm, girl, what you doing? Shoulda done me. I done leased through your promise. Put it in deep like dearly departed. Pitch your face white, cause I'm really your artist. Huh, girl, who you f? September 25th, girl, better be me. Show you how to spell it first, letter B D. Buy you that chain, don't let her be free. Huh. Don't leave me, be the one time like no replay Said she gotta go to like four, three states She be on Lil Wayne, gotta go DJ Girl, what you want? In my IM, cause your iPhone off Turn it back on if you suck the bone off Call you headshot if you take the dome off Put a mask on cause a pilot gon' cough Girl, why you want it? None of your tricks, put your mama in a Honda Then get your money for the Hanukkah and Kwanzaa Come from me for the Ferragama commas And a pair of Pradas, man that you needed Didn't really know cause I pilot five foot Lay the ass down, we can see eye to eye Five times later, this is how the wife look Jingle bell, pop that tail, rob my dick like I got no bell. Jingle bell, pop that tail, girl, rob my dick like I got no bell. Hey yo, what the f? This is a palace right here. Who's the better dad, Obama or Ti? <laughs> yeah, both both Ti and Obama might have been a little controversial in their dealings with their daughters this week, and, and that's why we posed this question. But uh, let's take a listen to what Ti said that has everybody else up in arms. In little Duval call it uh, thought prevention hours. You got to put in them thought prevention hours. Keep your daughter off the pole. You know what I'm saying? So you just you spending time going to daddy daughter dances and you taking them on trips with just you and her. Those are thought prevention hours that you're putting in. You got to do that. Yeah, don't do that. But you're going to be somewhere in Magic City, man. You know what I'm saying? Trying to figure it out. If T.I. wasn't already in trouble with the light-skinned delegation, um, we have this segment that uh, we do or that I do called Say Don't Say, and I think T.I. could benefit from that. So I would tell T.I., don't say thought prevention hours. Say uh, spend quality time with your daughter so that she understands how a man's supposed to be treating her. Hold on. Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. 
I, I didn't know you was finished. My apologies. Say it again. I'm sorry. I, I think that would go over better because the, the general message is that you want to spend quality time with your daughter to ensure that, you know, she's growing up wholesome and, you know, well-rounded as opposed to saying, you know, keep her off the pole or she's going to end up in Magic City or calling her, you know, inadvertently calling her a thot. I disagree. I disagree. Okay. I, I think, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't, when I say I disagree, I disagree with that, that process. Not because of you saying it. It's more of this is America and where we're at right now in 2020, where we live in this, this overt, overtly sensitive era. Because it's funny because Chris Rock said this in 2004 when he premiered a television special called Never Scared when he said my only job in life for my daughter is to keep her off the pole and I saw about 30,000 black people hollering and hooting over the joke. Chris Rock is a comedian. So when he says it in context of a joke and being a comedian, it, it, it lands well because there's some truth to it. Like I said, there's some truth to what T.I. is saying, but T.I. is problematic in that the whole controversial with him going to the doctor with his daughter and watching her hymen, him, you know, saying things that are misogynistic leaning and then him following it up or doubling down with this. It's, it's not a matter of what he's saying. It's a matter of how he's saying it. Again, he made the joke the way Chris Rock, I'm not saying that he's making the joke like he's a comedian. I'm saying that he's basically repeating what a comedian said and he said it not in the same way that Chris Rock said it, but he's saying it basically in like, you know, an exaggerated manner, the way that Chris Rock presented it. People do that. We make quotes. We talk, we talk in, in like, we may quote Dave Chappelle in one of our conversations. That's the point that I'm making. I understand everything that you said, but again, it's overtly sensitive. He's talking about his day to day with his daughter as you know, listen, I don't have, a, I don't have a child. You know, I don't have a child. You know what I'm saying? So don't get me wrong. There's some things that I I can't I don't relate to I can't relate to I, I would love to relate to I just I don't relate to so I don't know what a visit at the OBGYN would be like for me as a man with my daughter I don't know I you know realistically though I probably wouldn't tell none of you how that would go down but right. you know I'm sorry go ahead. I mean, exactly. And the reason why that even was mostly controversial is because he embarrassed his daughter. She made it known publicly that she was embarrassed. And here we are. And then I, I don't know. Who is her to make something known publicly? Who the is her? Like you, you, you getting paid by the one that made the albums. Like you be quiet. Who told you, you to go on Instagram on, on, and say something? Nah, no I'm, way, bro. I'm making a joke, but I'm just saying like, yo, T.I., like, come on, man. What is going on? Like, this is, this is, these are your children. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, you need to have, there needs to be some better leadership going on with, with this. Like, if, if I had a daughter that went online to tell the world about how they feel about me, I have a, I am a terrible parent. Like, my, my parenting skills is not great because my child would not go to the world and preach something before they come to me. I'm just saying. That's, that's the entire point. Okay. So, so let's go to somebody who seems to have it right, 
and who is a model for a lot of people and they look up to him. And what he, he did that was a little controversial in saying that he, uh, and this is about president Obama, where he allowed his daughter, his oldest daughter, Malia to have her college boyfriend come live with them during the pandemic. Um, and some people feel that might be controversial in having your uh, daughter's uh, boyfriend living with you all as a family. Um, plus the fact that he's a British, uh, British rich kid. Okay. So, sounds like he uh, paid for entry. Sounds, you know, I don't, I don't understand what's the issue. I, I mean, I, so I know for me personally, right? Like I, when I was in college, my college girlfriend, um, when we went home for the holidays or, you know, if I went over to her, her parents' house for the weekend, they actually let me stay the night, but I slept in the basement and she slept upstairs. But also at 3 a.m., she would mosey her way as her way downstairs to the basement so that we can enjoy each other's company. I dig it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sure that that was happening with Obama. So I, it may not be as controversial when I feel like, Hey, she's, she's actually 22. So she's grown. So I don't feel like it's a problem. The only thing that I have a problem with a little bit slightly is that uh, Barack Obama taught them how to play spades, including him. And he's essentially inviting this young man to the cookout, and uh, we need to relax on that. He's the president. He can do what he wants. He's the president. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm do my. I'm a, um. I'm gonna pull out my President Nixon card on that one <laughs> and say, when you're the president, you can do what you want. Fellas, if you've ever found yourself struggling with the right words to say to your woman, if she ever questioned why you were a grown man on a third grade reading level, if she ever said the reason why she cheated was because you don't know how to communicate, I'm here to help. I'm going to give you the words that will mesmerize your queen and have her questioning her inability to see you for the king that you are. This segment in our program is called Say, Don't Say with your relationship guru, Hanif Solo. Don't say, what do you want for Christmas? Say, I observed you throughout the year in anticipation of this holiday, and I can't wait to see your face light up as you bend down in front of the Christmas tree to open your gifts, and I unbutton the trap door on your Bernice Burgos onesie. Don't say, what's up with your job's Christmas party? Say, I missed you. In fact, I missed you so much, I followed you today and your work husband's days are numbered. Don't say, that Birkin bag is too expensive. Say, sis, you're living above your means. Don't say, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Say, I would never call you a hoe. You are a queen. You are the greatest gift a man like me could ever receive. So it's okay that you forgot to get me a gift because all I wanted for Christmas was you and your sister. Say, don't say. Say, don't say. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. Did the biggest divorce settlement in history turn Santa Claus into a white woman? 
<laughs> so with Mackenzie Scott, you know, we everybody's been seeing in the news where uh, she's been just giving away money. So after her divorce like, from Jeff Bezos, I think she ended up with like oh, $70 billion. Jesus. And she's pledging to give away in the next year uh, or this this year $4.2 billion and maybe even upwards of $6 billion. She gave $800 million to HBCUs, including my alma mater, uh, UMES, and she gave us $20 million. So what I want to say about this, right, and and where everybody's kind of elated because that's a lot of money that she's throwing around and she's putting money into, like, uh, underprivileged communities and a lot of black spaces, I want to be clear that while we thank Mackenzie for her contribution, she is not invited to the cookout. We do not want her uh, raisin-laced potato salad. However, so, however, is, is okay, she doesn't have to be invited, but is it okay that she come pick me up from the cookout? She can come pick you up, but you're not introducing her to... No, no, no. She's outside in the Bentley. She's, you know, she's just coming to pick me up. It's whatever you do on your personal time is your business. Thank you, sir. Because I truly believe that Mackenzie Scott, <laughs> if she goes, if she comes down Chancellor Avenue in a Rolls Royce with two black men, all right, I feel as though that everybody should just look the other way and let it happen, okay? Just let it happen. She just gave up $8 billion to black people. If she wants to have, you know, a DP session with a couple of, you know, a couple of gentlemen, I feel as though it is in her right and we should appreciate and thank her, all right? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) So we're, now we have our King, King LeBron, where he's coming in and he's actually doing things that's more fundamental. So where his, his money, and he's probably putting in millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars in, but the things that he's doing are going to be fundamentally more valuable to the black community. And, you know, me and you've had this con- these conversations before about some things that the community could benefit from. And what LeBron is doing is he's um, creating a 60,000 square foot compound that's going to be attached to his um, promise school. And what they're going to offer there is job training and financial literacy training. And there's also talks about there being some sort of um, housing initiative where people can have affordable housing. And what you know, the area that he's doing it in was one of these areas where, you know, back in the day, they were, um, the Goodyear plants were stationed in those places. So black people were able to enter into the middle class because they had access to these factory jobs. And then when, when those companies divested out of the black community, those jobs went away. And now these are some of the most crime written areas in the country. So if LeBron is bringing back the job training where people can actually get viable work and remove some of the, the inequities that we have in the wealth gap, um, I think it's going to bode better for black people than just tossing money at these, these universities. Hanif, my co-pilot, are you telling me that LeBron James has used his millions and millions of dollars to recreate a community and rebuild it in not only the image of him, but an image of a positive black America, which is America? Are you telling me that he did that? 
Um, well, this facility is scheduled to open in 2022, but he's he's on his way to doing it. Oh, oh, oh my God. So, so there is somebody that is, you know, doing all these things where, you know, we're basically, you know, not trying to be exclusive to white America, but just to show not white America, but to show ourselves and show America as a whole that with given resources, we're able to rebuild ourselves in an image that is not only American, but that is the that is leadership. And the person he used to play ball with be and moaning. And I'm definitely talking about Kyrie Irving. And we're going to get to him next segment. But, you know, it's so funny. It's so funny, Kyrie. It's so funny, bro. You talk all this you said, yeah, man, we should all quit the NBA and, and, and we're not doing nothing for ourselves. And here is this man doing doing it with the NBA, the former vice president of the Players Union, by the way. And he is doing it while he is in the NBA. Where is your f- action at, Kyrie? Hey, Kyrie, when you hear this, just re re-implement LeBron's idea in North New Jersey and we will retract everything we just said. And don't come in here burning some stage in Newark either. That ain't going to help anything. <laughs> Are we celebrating Kwanzaa with Kyrie Irving? This is bull Kyrie. Come on now. Yo, my man. Kendrick Perkins on ESPN told you. Yo, if you really feel some type of way that uh, Black America needs us in a way where we need to leave our careers, leave our livelihood, and we can use the money that we have to, to build our own, Yo, do what Maya Moore did in the WNBA and quit. Mm. She quit. She quit and freed people, okay? She quit, freed her husband. That's some real shit. If you feel some type of way, quit the NBA. But you don't. You just want to say something. You, wanna, you, want, you want favor. And you already going to get favor in the NBA because you dumb nice, in my opinion. Even though I know I'm wrong when I'm about to say this, I think you're the best point guard in the NBA. I definitely think you're the best point guard in the NBA. You definitely the, the the player, the point guard in the NBA that I would pay money to see. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you're dope. You dope as f- but you becoming crazy. Like these, like this whole pandemic, like I really believe that you got COVID, bro. Like I really feel like you should have got checked out. I'm surprised they're letting you on the court right now. Like they are not checking you the right way because the, the this whole pandemic, you've been acting like an airhead, yo. Now you want to burn sage at Boston for like what is this about this is about purification this is about cleaning out your transgressions my man you caused that when you went to boston you made them feel like they wasn't they, they wasn't on your level they didn't even like playing with you no more then you then you lie. i ain't saying you lied about your knee injury but you could have played you just like nah screw it i'm good i could I'm, I'm already great i get my money and i'm out of here anyway you know what I'm saying like he was up out of there yeah, you remember on Ace Ventura when he was like, exercise the demons. This house is clear. Like, I feel like that's what Kyrie's doing. Like, he, he's on his spiritual journey. You know, he's learning some new things. He's trying to get in touch with his ancestral uh, roots. And, you know, he's exercising that and trying to just clear out his mental headspace. So I, I give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that and let him go through his process at some point. I think, you know, as long as he continues to play uh, and, you know, he continues to earn, um, he'll eventually come around to doing something that's tangible for, for our community. 
Man, tell this motherfucker get the fuck off YouTube. He over here believing in the earth being flat and other crap. I don't want to hear none of that. He ain't spiritual. He just want to say a bunch of bulls. And when, once again, he want favor. That, when you just say anything because you saw something on YouTube, yo, all you want is attention and favor. I'm not listening to that. Go get another ring. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. Now, uh... Best, speaking of gifts, because we, oh, we talked we about go. that in the beginning. Best Christmas present you ever received here we go. so far. Here we go. This is the money. The best Christmas gift I got? Yeah, whether it was young, and think, some present think, tense. I think my girl gave me some in an elf outfit. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually perfect. That's crazy. Like, but, she, but she used the candy cane, too. So it was kind of like the pepper being cool on that. I like, well, it's smooth. It'd be a breeze. <laughs> nah, and then, you know, she had to back out of the elf suit. I was like, yeah, this, oh, is, wow. this is the day, man. <laughs> yeah, that was dope. Now, so what y'all just heard mm. was us laughing over young Dro, all right, telling the world that his best Christmas gift was receiving oral sex from his girl at the time in an elf outfit using a candy cane. Or, well, we didn't get to that part. But she also said, well, he also said that she used a candy cane next to the penis to create this, uh, this uh, I want to say a... Orling? Yes. Sensation? Yes, very good. I, I was going to say something even more crazier, but I like that. That's very adult. I appreciate you for that. It creates a cooling sensation. All right. Me personally, I like when they do the grapefruit on me. I like the grapefruit part. I'm sorry. I make. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, fruit roll-ups. What? Fruit roll-ups are, are good. What? What else, had you, what else you going to tell the world? Put some Lunchables on your <laughs> too? <laughs> Get the crackers, honey. <laughs> Hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, what's your, well, what, do you think sex is a Christmas gift? No. No, I want to settle this once and for all. And I want it to be clear. I want it to be unequivocal and let women know that sex is not a Christmas gift. It's not a birthday gift. It's not a Valentine's Day gift. It's not a Hanukkah gift or a Kwanzaa gift. It is not a gift. Shalom. Stop trying to give out sex as a gift. Shalom. Yo, I do want to say though, right? I have this affinity for these new pajamas, these onesies, where they have like a trap door in the back that you can just snap open. And like Bernice Burgos is promoting them, Megan the Stallion did like a twerk video on one. And I'm just like, I I would appreciate a woman who, you know, came to my my place. And didn't want me to be lonely on Christmas with that outfit on under a trench coat. Um, but I would also want her to bring like some cologne or, you know, uh, something that I could actually use as a gift. You know what? It's time for men. It is time for you men, you know what I'm saying, to step up and show your testosterone, okay? Let me tell you something. Women have for decades decades have used this sex thing as a tool to not get you anything okay meanwhile for decades for decades you have given her everything just to have sex okay today is a new day yes it is what you need to do is if this woman is not going to come in that onesie with 
your gift, okay, that she is not allowed in your home, okay? Now, with this rule, you have to have some place to live, okay? Remember, I'm saying she's going to your home, okay? Because if you live with your mom or your uncle or your mans or something like that, it's not going to work out in that way. I'm just keeping that real with you. But if you have your own home, like the two people that have the podcast, okay, I'm just saying you can have this rule, okay? And I ain't going to lie to you, Hanif. Um, I'm cool with the trapdoor outfit. I really don't like it that much. I want to see you naked, but it is a good fetish. It's something for a fetish for me, you know? It's a good fetish. Yeah. But please, take that elf outfit off. Get naked, baby. Let's get right in the shower. On Christmas. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. <laughs>